The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. Hey, Discovering Trek listeners, Sarah and Casey here, and this is Discovering Trek Enterprise. Welcome to the First Frontier. We two super parched dune walkers are back to gab about another episode of Enterprise. This is the first full series watch through for Sarah, and it's a rewatch for me. Today we're talking about Desert Crossing. This episode originally showed up on the airwaves or on your cable box about 20 years ago on May 8th, 2002. So... If in the last two decades you haven't watched this episode, please go do so, because there can be only one. And this one is thirsty for plot info of this episode. You can put us on pause, go fire up Paramount+, Plus, Amazon Prime, Netflix, whatever, and watch Desert Crossing, and then come on back here and buy us a drink, or five. We hope you have enjoyed our dry, non-warning, spoiler warning. Let's get to it. intro music we get to play with that we just had i mean five-year mission what, right what we live in a world where that's a thing it's amazing what a time to be alive i love it <laughs> i always get so excited when i'm putting all the little music clips in and doing my editing and i know that right now we just came from a great little segue so here we are all right before them. we discuss sorry i love them i, I love, love them we get, i love that we get to use their their I music know. so cool but cool band we're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we discuss the episode Desert Crossing, I just want to say Desert Crossing every single time. I know. I hear you. We want to remind you that we want to hear from our listeners about everything Enterprise and everything Dessert. So how can y'all get in touch with us with your thoughts on the first season of Star Trek Enterprise or on desserts in general? Oh, man. Desserts, are that'd be fantastic. Well, there's countless ways listeners can get a hold of us. Of course, they can go to trekgeeks.com slash contact and leave an email to get us your thoughts. Oh, gosh, Twitter, Facebook. All you have to do is search for Discovering Trek and leave us a message there as well. You can leave us a voicemail by visiting our website and clicking on the big blue button. Please remember, though, that any comments you leave us might be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek. And if you leave us a message, that kind of binds you to give us dessert at least six or seven times throughout the next 10-year period. So just remember, there is a cost. Absolutely. Enough of that. On to the pie charts. Oh, speaking of dessert. Right. Pie. It never, it never ends. It never ends. Mm. I'm going to give this... Two and a half slices of Loganberry pie. Um, not the. It's maybe a little stale. Not the a little dry. Not mm -hmm. the not the not the juiciest slice of pie ever. But uh, <laughs> I've had worse. So there you go. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, I'm giving it a little bit more. Three slices out of six. Um, thought it was a nice idea, but then it uh, for for me. Quite, quite a bland episode that just uh, sticks, like you say, sometimes, you know, it's like a very dry crust where it's okay, it's there, but yeah. 
It's supposed to be flaky, not crumbly. Right? And you're like, ah, all righty. You know what's going to crumble? <laughs> <laughs> My. Right? <laughs> I'm so upbeat. <laughs> uh, I just love uh. it. It's just going to, hey, the words are going to crumble, tumble, tumble right out of my mouth. This is the last episode. There's no more. We don't do the last two episodes. This is it. We're done. We've crumbled. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, y'all. Here comes, here comes the recap. Once again, there's a need to be fixing a ship. And as we all know, it always falls on the trip. The gregarious Zabral is thankful for the fix of his ship's chrome. He nicely demands the captain and Trip come down to his home. Archer guilt trips Tucker, and he reluctantly agrees to go see the sand. A meal, a Giscana match, and a sudden explanation of Zabral's true plan. The Enterprise is warned that Zabral might not be what he seems. Is he a freedom fighter or a terrorist? And what are his schemes? All hunky and sweaty, playing with the boys. Sand lacrosse. Is this one of Zabral's ploys? Zabral calls the captain, suggesting he leave. Zabral asks for Archer to hear him out and listen to his plead. Weapons, wisdom, and strategy is what he asks from the liberator of thousands. Not that hard of a task. As the encampment is bombarded amidst the fray, Archer decides to not use the shuttle to get away. Into the desert at night, the two men flee. Chancellor Trellet makes things as hard as can be. Our lads walk all day, evading hostiles and heat exhaustion to find the shelter built, while T'Pol dresses down Zabral and plays to his guilt. As they scan the surface from a sneaky shuttle, Archer keeps Trip awake with questions and rebuttal. Weapons fire on the surface, give the shuttle a place to look. The Torthons blow up the abandoned little nook. The shuttle crew rescue the desert too, just in time. Thank God I'm almost done with this bloody rhyme. Archer states he won't use his weapons might, even though he thinks Zabral's cause is a worthy fight. The end. Whoa! I think the only thing I can say that will make you feel though that that is the best is the fact that that's there's only one more you got to do. Yeah, exactly. That's my second to last one. It's like when you're on a really long road trip, yeah, and you know, all right, I've only got forty miles left. That's <laughs> that's not even a that's not even an hour, maybe half hour or less to get home. It's like, <sighs> okay, <sighs> there we go. Brother, <laughs> um, I was going to be a real stick in the mud and I was just going to show up to record the next episode and be like, I didn't rhyme it. I decided to quit early, but I thought that is not fair because um, you <laughs> yeah, fought this harder than I have. And it's only fair that we both suffer in silence. There you go. My, my luggage on this is much heavier than yours. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what, well, do you, what do you think? What What are your thoughts on this thing? <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I, I like there was a little throwback to the movie Alien or Aliens, I should say, when Trip asks how hot it is, and Archer makes the humorous remark, "But it's a dry heat." 
It's the same <laughs> joke made by Private Hudson in a nod to aliens. Aww. So, so they're you know, ste- there's stealing from everywhere. Slices. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I think the reason I had a problem with this episode is watching the two of them struggle through the desert reminds me of what it would be like trying to get from my hotel to the Rio in costume in August. And I'm just like, I don't, this is not enjoyable to watch because I know that pain. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's walking across from the Gold Coast to the Rio. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh my God, we're never going to make it. Holy cow. Oh, I should have packed more water. Mm-hmm, for that, for that less than half Call mile walk. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I hear you, Sarah. I think uh, this was a very interesting premise for an episode. Hmm. But from my yeah. point of view, this is something that could have used a lot more time to breathe and develop. I, I, and I mean, we're... I'm going ahead yeah. a little bit here, but the next episode is about Riza, and I'm like, you know what? You could have you can nuke out the entire Riza episode, and make this one a two-parter, yeah, and and dive into what's going on with everything. I mean, Archer's exploits are becoming known, yeah, and, and causing issues. Yep. So there seems to be an, an even amount of friends to enemies that this ship has made in, in the little time out there. I do like that though. Yeah. News travels fast when there's a new ship in town. There you go. Um, you know, the little saving graces here for me, Clancy Brown. Yeah. Loved him, you know, since Buckaroo Banzai and Highlander. Um, and Highlander. It, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm oh. look him up. Oh my God. Have you not seen Highlander, my friend? No, I have not. Oh, <gasps> Homework. Oh, he was in the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was the main guard. He's fantastic. He's a very, very good... <sighs> I think he was in Earth Earth One TV show for a couple years. Starship Troopers. Right, that's who he is. I knew he seemed familiar. Yeah. I love Shawshank he's, Redemption. That's a great movie. It's He's a, he's a very, very good... Very good actor. And you can tell, I think you can tell in this episode, I mean, he's trying, he's trying to give as much of a performance as possible. And, you know, I just looked at it. I go, man, it's uh, it's really white out in the desert (laughs) (laughs) for a desert planet. They are staying inside quite a bit because, yep. Uh, What did, what did you think about this era? Archer basically once again goads somebody into doing doing something they don't want to do. So he completely goads Trip into going. Oh yeah, you know those are the leadership roles that I always admire and aspire to be when I'm in a in a, a role where I'm a manager or a leader. I just force people to do stuff and uh, be sarcastic about it and be a bit of a dick. Right? Oh, it goes so well. Oh, oh my god, people love it. No, that, they don't. Surprise. <laughs> it's the worst. Right? I love it. I love to hate just, them, hate to love them. Oh, it was a, just another thing of like, come on. Yeah. Be, just say, hey, please, Trip. Please, I really, I, I need somebody to go down with me. Some, something of like just, and and all of Trip's, uh, I don't want to say his scary thoughts about the desert or the heat come true, but all of his like, oh God, please don't let this happen. Mm-hmm. Things like that happen. Yep. And it's like, uh, 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> more, and, and I said it in a little rhyme, but they're, you know, space lacrosse or sand lacrosse or whatever you want to call it. And it was like, okay, you know, we're, we're doing a little top gun here. So yeah. Uh, yeah, overall, it's just like, boy, this, this whole thing of is someone a terrorist or they are freedom fighter? What are they depending on how you look at them? This could have yeah. been something where, you know, shades of DS9 with Kira, uh, just something. And once again, in what, 43, 44 minutes, it, it doesn't sell. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I don't care what happens to Zabral and, and his people because we don't know enough about them. Yeah. And then the, the dessert crossing for the boys <laughs> only really, it's, it, I guess it's a day, but it doesn't even seem that long because no. we just cut through other stuff. And, you know, it, it shortchanges everybody. I thought T'Pol was really good in her decision-making and things that just like, I'm, Hey, this is what's going to happen. This is what I'm going to do. And not going to worry about anything else that anyone's saying. Yeah. Sometimes it's all that you got to do to survive on the enterprise. Right. It's like, okay. But you know, you go from one dry of an environment to something that's plentiful, rich. I know what you're talking about. uh, Vansets. Amazingly vibrant. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. As soon as you started saying those words, that was like, boom, fan sets. You're so smart. Oh my gosh. Discovering Trek listeners. We want to thank Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor on Discovering Trek. Mm-hmm. The Fansets crew are constantly working to put out the best product available and to come up with new designs and product releases. They just don't stop. They're energizer bunnies. There are more wonderful new products out right this moment. There's the Discovery Enterprise Command Delta Pin and Magnet, the TNG All Good Things Delta, character pins from your favorite Trek series, the amazing ship pins, and of course, wonderful non-Trek items like Rick and Morty, DC Bombshells, Scooby-Doo, Ultraman, and DC Comics Classics. There are hundreds of pins and... Accessories. And accessories for all of you at fansets.com. So right after listening to us, go to fansets.com, scroll along all the amazing pins offered, load up that card of yours, enter the special code we're discovering TREK in all caps with no spaces at checkout for an amazing 10% off your entire order. And don't forget, if you are in the US and spend more than $30, you will also get free shipping. Free shipping. That's fantastic. It is. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Are you hungry? I'm not hungry. I ate before recording. So Chef Special could be anything and I will be able to control myself. I I woofed down some fried chicken mm. and a sandwich <laughs> beforehand mm. because I was like, I'm not going in famished as usual. There you go. But yeah, hey, today's special from Chef. Uh is a trip for Archer and Trip, you know? I yep. think they get to sample some delicious local cuisine. I mean, <laughs> b- besides the stupid testicle food joke in there, they get a lot of uh, new stuff, uh, trying new things. So I have a question for you here. Sarah. Oh, please. What foreign to you 
place have you visited or sampled their cuisine and why do you enjoy it? Okie dokie. Can I have a couple? <laughs> you can, <laughs> you can have eat. as many as you want. Okay. Well, one dish food place that I love, I've only been there maybe a half a dozen times. It's in, it's in Victoria. It's where I live. It's in Victoria. It's in a small little area I never get to. And so I never am able to get it, mm-hmm. but it is Ethiopian food. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've always, they don't have a very big menu because it's a small place, almost like a food truck, but it's like a little food court, neat mall. And so it's not this big variety of stuff on the menu, but what I've had has been unbelievable. And it's not only because it's delicious and full of spices and flavor, but it's fun to eat because they place the majority of the food in the injera bread. I don't know if you've ever uh-huh. had that, that spongy <laughs> dip it. So I would get like always to go because you can't sit in there and eat and you get their big thing of injera bread. And then they would do like a sauteed like beef Um and then there would be like a stewed type of spinach, um, green vegetable. Then there would be some lentils and there would be nice. some mashed like potato or something. And they'd all have different curries and spices in it. And it was, it's always so good. And I haven't had it in about like a year or two and I'm itching for it now. So I want to get that. Um, but when I've traveled, whenever I go to the States and I go to visit my friends that live in LA, Um, they are Mexican American and they know all the places to go to have some of the most delicious Mm, Mexican cuisine, tacos, um, all of it. And that is always something that we love to do. So I love, I love a lot of variety because I was raised on very bland food as a child. My parents had no sense of adventure with food. It was cheese pizzas. KFC would be like the, you know, McDonald's, like very typical, Uh you know, um, going out. So now like, I'm always excited to try something new. Um, I love ramen and I love different <laughs> um, Asian dishes and I love German food and oh, like, right. I'll try anything once. There you go. The only I... thing I don't like is I'm not a huge fan of horseradish. So wasabi, mm-hmm. I'm not really a big fan of, but sometimes it's appropriate. Yeah. Sometimes it's not. But other than that, I don't think I've, I've learned to love everything. Even if I didn't like cilantro at first, now I love it. Now I need it because mm-hmm. it makes such an imprint on the meal, right? Um, Absolutely. Oh, I love food. That's the thing. See, that's the great thing. When when you're experiencing different foods, you most likely are experiencing different cultures. Yeah. You get to talk to the people who are either, you know, preparing it, who, who, who you know, you, you deal with it at the beginning. I go, hey, what's this? What this? What's it? And at times when I go to places – if I'm very unfamiliar, I will ask the server, like, what would you have? Not what's the most popular. I go, yeah. you know, don't, don't give me the white guy meal. What would you have? And people are very open to discuss things and like, oh, you know, do you like this type of hot? You know, there's a different, like you're talking about, you know, wasabi versus Mexican versus Thai versus mm-hmm. other kinds of hots. And, and what do you really dig? And boy, yeah, there's a Thai food place around us. We, we do have a plethora of great opportunities for food around us, but there's a Thai place and uh, chicken larb. Mm-hmm. I love chicken larb, but, and the more it smells like feet when mm-hmm. it's coming out and I smell, I go, Oh, this smells awful. And then I know it's going to be delicious because mm-hmm. there's a very bizarre thing going on between your, your taste buds and your, and the smell for that particular thing. It's so good. 
and yeah, uh, like crispy pompano and yep. other stuff. And we yeah, oh, just yeah. had earlier in the week, I had some birria, you know, tacos, queso birria tacos that were just delicious. And, you know, on, on this ship, here's an opportunity. I, I hope in, you know, the rush they were doing things with Zerbal down there, this would be a great thing that maybe it's incorporated in, in later episodes and later seasons, but where mm-hmm. each culture that they go to, they bring back right. food samples or recipes or something to give to chef and like add that to the whole repertoire so that if they are then hosting other aliens, other aliens might have actually visited that particular planet and you go, Oh yeah, we have a, you know, we have a decent selection of food from, from that planet and our chef could make it for you if that's what you would request and Mm -hmm. showing that they're growing besides just, you know, mashed, mashed potatoes and meatloaf type of a thing. So it's like the person who travels all the way to Italy and they look for Starbucks. Get some local coffees. Like try some local teas and cappuccinos and and you know. everything in yeah. Italy. Yeah, we love. You know, Italy. I'm in Canada, so U.S. is foreign to me. And one of the things that we love, if we're traveling in Texas, we want barbecue because you guys have a thing, especially in Texas, <laughs> where it's an art. It is a religion. And it is delicious. I mean, we there's a few barbecue right. joints here. That's fine. We barbecue. We have a smoker. We'll we'll do our own. But there's something about going to one of these places where you get like a big slice of Texas toast. What is that? <laughs> this big old slice of bread, <laughs> and you've got these just amazing rubs and sauces, and mm-hmm. you get the bib. You don't care how you look. You're just it's a animalistic yeah. experience. And to me. I can say that that is a foreign meal to me because I am Canadian. I'm not American and I love it. And it's so good. It's perfect because then, like you're saying with Texas, and then you could hit other regions that do barbecue as well. Memphis style, Kentucky style, Louisiana style. And it's like just different cuisine and being open to that. And like, I love how you said, you know, I'll try anything once. It's like, exactly. If you like it, you can have it. If you don't like it, you'd never have to eat it again. And yeah, I that's, mean, what, that's what we say with our grandchildren is yeah. literally it's like, here, try a bite. And if you don't like it, you never have to have it again. Yeah. But if you don't try it, you might miss out on something for a long time that you really enjoy. Yeah. I mean, there's things I can easily say. I would never try it based on how it looks. Like when you see a lot of these different like bugs and insects and, and these food markets that you, you hear about. And I'm like, if, if this stuff is ground up and in my marinara sauce, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say boo, but if it looks like how, if it looks like the animal, like a uh-huh. lot and is looking back at me, I might struggle with it. Um, and that's just, that's yeah. just like certain animals I probably wouldn't eat out of my own ethical reasons, but it's not, I, I'm, I, it's hypocritical to say like, I'll eat a cow, but I won't eat a dog. Like what's wrong with cows? They're beautiful animals, mm-hmm. but we don't make them pets. And it's like, well, you know, it becomes a whole other conversation, but um, if my food is prepared for me by somebody else, I will try anything. If you are asking me to slaughter my own animals to eat, I probably wouldn't have the balls. I'd probably become a vegetarian. Yeah, it's a and fish. There I don't you go. Fishing. It's a it's it's an interesting thing. It is Absolutely. an interesting thing. Absolutely. Good conversation. Well, my sandwich may not have been enough. Maybe I want more food now. This was great. You, you can have more food because. 
in just about a little bit, we'll be done with this episode. Then that really, it does end our coverage on the episode Desert Crossing. Uh, I wish there was more to talk about, but really, I just can't think of any for this one. If you enjoy this episode, great. Love it. Good for you. This is what I love about all of Star Trek is you can love it or you can hate it and someone else can hate it and or love it. And everyone's correct because it's for that person. And boom, there we go. But gosh, next time we'll be back to discuss some vacation hijinks in (laughs) two days and two nights. That's how long that episode seems like. (laughs) As we continue to celebrate the 20th anniversary year of Enterprise. Until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or by heading to discoveringtrek.com. And hey, everybody, you can always find us on the Twitterverse at Discovering Trek. You sure can. Tweet us, please. Love to hear from everybody. If you're enjoying what we're doing here on Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, why don't you consider supporting us on Patreon? As a subscriber, you get access to the unedited recordings of episodes as well as an exclusive content as you get also. Oh, my God. Here we go. I'm so excited about it. I can't even say it. <laughs> you get exclusive content, great subscriber rewards like our annual supporters pins from fan sets and our exclusive Trek Geeks Podcast Network t-shirt. We would like to take a moment to recognize the following bomb diggity producers of Discovering Trek. Thank you. Bomb diggity folks for your support. And your names are Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonagall, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and Jess Vashon. But also, the senior producer of Discovering Trek is Jude Tapman. Ooh, right on. Hey, y'all. If you would like to become a producer of Discovering Trek or get access to the raw audio for Discovering Trek episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all the details. Since we're going to be hanging out on Ryza, two to be out after a nice vacation? Question mark? (laughs) I'm Ron Burgundy? (laughs) (laughs) Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.